This is my first time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life, a home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? You know, I wake up to everything I know either getting sold or wrecked or being taken over by people that I don't like. You keep away from him as long as you're in my house. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm gonna think for myself. Tony, we need you if we're going to war. Who are you? Friend or foe? If you go with him, no one will ever forgive you. Life matters even more than love. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture and Derek Wong. So tonight we are talking about Steven Spielberg's remake of the 1961 musical West Side Story. The movie stars Ansel Elgort, Rachel Zegler, Ariana DeBose, and Mike Feist. I kind of have big regrets leaving this off my top 10 list. (laughs) from last year oh interesting yeah i do actually we talked about this didn't we like you we did talk about this i think i let the matter of semantics kind of get in the way where i was like uh i kind of want to reward original movies that aren't remakes to occupy my top 10 but this is so good The 1961 musical is one of my favorite movies. I really, really do like it. So I was like, there's no real reason for them to remake it. But I don't know. Don't count out Steven Spielberg. He's just so good at what he does. And I think looking back, I probably would have replaced something on my top 10 with this because I really love this movie. I don't know about you guys. I know, Amir, you just saw the 61 and this back-to-back. That must have been... I did. It was a lot of movie A wild movie. experience. A lot of movie watching. Yeah, and it's interesting to see all the little changes, because they did change quite a lot in this version. They did. I didn't feel as strongly about it as you. I think on the level of, like, skill and difficulty of achievement, like, it's clearly a 10 out of 10. Like, how do you remake a classic musical, one of the best musicals ever... And not only not flub it, but in my estimation, like, in contention for at least as good. Like, that's a really monumental achievement. But mm-hmm. I just don't have the personal attachment 
to West Side Story, so it just doesn't really mean anything to me. It didn't hit me where I lived, really. Have you seen West Side Story before? I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay. Which is weird. I don't know, I'm familiar with the music and obviously the basic art in the story, but like, I don't know how it somehow like slipped by me, right? But yeah, I don't think I'd ever seen it as a kid. And so, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. coming to it a little bit fresh. Um, which is not to say that like, it wasn't emotionally affecting. And actually, it really was. But mm-hmm. I don't think it hit as hard for me as it did for you. Yeah, I, I do think that personal attachment does help. I do love, love, love the 1961 version. I don't know. I mean, this is a big update. The 1961 version is very, very good. But, like, it's 60 years old. There are definitely, like, problematic areas with that movie. There's a little brown face in it, so. I mean, that for one, right? And I just think this update is beautiful, and it's it's very, very well done. I, I, I love it so much. Um, what about you, Derek? What did you think? I think I am somewhere in the same territory as Amir. I had never seen the 61 version either before I watched the 2021 version, but I went back, you know, and educated myself. And I found that I actually, I think I like the 61 version more than the, really? the current. Yeah. I mean, besides all the kind of controversial things they chose to do with like the brown face and everything, like not actually having Hispanic actors back then. Right, right, right. I think I tend to lean more towards really liking the 61 version more than the 2021. Not to say that I didn't like the 2021. Like, I absolutely agree with, I think, the craft of this movie is just, like, on a whole other level than compared to, like, other musicals compared to the 61 version. And, I mean, it's freaking Steven Spielberg that directed those, right? Like, it it just kind of proves that the guy could do anything. And, I mean, I did enjoy a lot of the craft behind the movie. I think I talked about this when we did our top 10. Like, I particularly liked the musical Tick, Tick, Boom a little bit more because I think I liked the performance of Andrew Garfield. I think it's so strong. I think there are great performances in this in 2021 West Side Story. But when you have Ansel Elgort, which I think is like a dead fish in this movie where I was just not convinced of him as, like, this charismatic guy that you're supposed to love. And, like, after seeing the 61 version, I'm like, oh, so that's how Tony's supposed to be. I think he really hampers my experience. I don't know, man. Tony's the weak link in every single West Side Story adaptation, I think. Yeah, but if I'm comparing the two, I like that's true. the 1961 that's true. version better, right? Versus Ansel Elgort. I think it's tradition now for Tony to be kind of like the definition <laughs> in the cast. I do want to say it's very, very funny that all the critics, and myself included, big sigh of relief that Ansel Elgort was the weak link. <laughs> God forbid we have to defend a fucking sexual assault yeah. perpetrator here. But really let us off the hook, because he was the worst part of this movie by far. Yeah, but b- besides him, though, the cast is just great. Like, Rachel Zegler, Ariana DeBose, yeah. David Alvarez, all of them are mm-hmm. great in the parts that they do. So I think they really help elevate and, like, outshine Ansel Elgort. The second half of this movie is really, like, him and, like, Maria's story. So, like, it became more of a drag for me to watch the second half of this movie. That's just my opinion. But... I actually am curious. I mean, before we dive too much into the movie, I mean, I've already brought up the director, Steven Spielberg. Like, what is your guys' relationship with him? To bring up his name is like Mount Rushmore, right? Of like directors probably we could think of. So 
what does it mean to you when I say like Steven Spielberg? Uh, he's the goat. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just so fucking good. I mean, his, his filmography is just incredible. So he's directed thirty three feature films, and I'd say out of those, there's probably like ten classics. Maybe not ten, but close. All right, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. Dude, there's more than ten. Other Indiana Joneses, The Color Purple, uh, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan. And that's just all before 2000. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys are big Lincoln guys. Lincoln, I thought, was very good. I don't know if he has got more than ten. That's pushing it. Are you like a big Minority Report guy? Or like, catch me if you can? Like, where are these other ones coming from? I think Minority Report and Cash Me, if you can, they're both up there. Okay, they're good. Are they classics? Come on. Minority Report is not fucking Jaws. It's not Jurassic Park. No, Let's get no real. it's not. Come on. It's not Indiana Jones. All three of the original Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Like, Hook is great. Hook's not on that level either. No. Right? But Schindler's List is. Amistad is. Saving Private Ryan is. There's legitimately seven or eight where you're just like, holy shit. Right? Munich is up there. Munich is so fucking good, I think. I haven't seen Munich probably since it came out. But Munich is, again, I would say Munich is probably very good, but not classic. I, I, don't get me wrong, I liked it. But is Munich... Munich is not Jaws either, right? I think the filmmaking in Munich is, like, on another level, too. There are some <sighs> shots and stuff in there that are just like I have to rewatch it. Holy fuck! But okay, but okay, yeah, but you're, you're talking it. technically. But like the gestalt, the the overall, you can't put Munich in the same tier as those top tier Spielberg movies. There's no way. You really like Munich as much as like I don't know Jurassic Park, Ready Player Saving One. Private Ready Ryan. Player One. Yeah, it's definitely not better than Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> the color purple. Come on, like it, you think Munich yeah. is in that tier? Really? That's an interesting push. It's up there. I mean, no one really talks about it as much, but I really do like Munich a lot. What about Amistad? I feel like it might be there with Amistad in like a tier 1B. Yeah, that's fair. Like that, maybe like Hook kind of lower down in that tier. Maybe like Temple of Doom kind of in that tier. I haven't seen Hook in like 20 years. I feel like the reevaluation is that it sucks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't I seen it since I was a kid. I think people don't think so. it's that good. I think people think it's lower tier Spielberg, but I haven't seen it in, like, so long, you so I can't. What? That's probably fair. It's always had a fond place in my heart, so I, I can't really tell until I revisit it, but... And I can't defend it, because I haven't seen it in 30 years either, so, like... I have, and I revisited it, like, a couple years ago, and oh, those shit. people are wrong. So <laughs> I freaking okay, love really. Her. You know, we're all around the same age. I think it hit us at the right age. You know, that mm. that being like what we were like five or six. I think that movie hit us at the right time in our development that like I, I think that movie is spectacular, but like I understand. I've heard the same the whispers as Jeff, right? Like that it's just like, you know, there's definitely people that are not hook fans and I'm like, Well, you're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, close encounters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic, I mentioned Close sure. Encounters and in that. But yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Close Encounters, absolutely. Yeah. If anything, I'm not a huge fan of his late 2010s stuff. Yeah, that's okay. Or like his 2010s in general. I agree. And I think maybe the best of his stuff in the 2010s is maybe Tintin and Warhorse. 
I actually think Warhorse is very good. I'm very lukewarm on Lincoln, actually. Oh, yeah? I think it's a fantastic Daniel Day okay, Lewis that's performance. Fair. That's very fair. But I think the movie in general is very dry. That's absolutely fair. Um, I think that's totally accurate. I withdraw my effusive praise from Lincoln. I think the the one, two, three of Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, and The Post, that's like a top-tier dad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Now that Jeff's a dad, he's going to reevaluate and yeah. think they're the greatest movies ever. Maybe. <laughs> they just don't really speak to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I haven't seen the BFG, but it's a Raw Doll adaptation. I've heard good things about it, but I can't imagine that being like top tier. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll eat my words. I've, I haven't seen it. so. But I'll say one thing. Ready Player One, that book is a trash fire, and he made that book somewhat watchable, and that's... A fucking miracle work in and of itself. <laughs> that deserves a standing ovation on its own. So he's got, like, just to kind of quantify this a little bit, I think he's got two wins, the Academy, uh, for Best Director. Two wins and eight humps. So, let's see. Nominated for Close Encounters. Uh, nominated for Raiders. Nominated for E.T. One for Schindler's List. One for Saving Private Ryan. And then nominated for Munich and Lincoln, West Side Story. But yeah, I mean, that's just uh, kind of a mark of the acclaim he's held in. In terms of noms, he's like right under Scorsese in like, I guess, tied for three all time with Billy Wilder. Um, one and two are William Wyler and Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not shocking. I guess Wyler just got nominated every other year from 1936 to like 1960 or something. But... Yeah, in terms of modern new Hollywood, Spielberg's the king. His name goes hand in hand with his cinematographer, right? Uh, Janice Kaminsky, who shot West Side Story. But all the great Spielberg movies, Janice Kaminsky is right next to him, right? He did Schindler's List, The Lost World, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, AI, uh, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can. He did all of those. Lincoln was him, War Horse, uh, Bridge of Spies, The Post. Ready Player One, all Janice Kaminsky. And he's one of the best DPs out there. He's so, so fucking good. Just look at some of the shots in West Side Story. Or like even something like Munich. Alright, the thing with Janice Kaminsky working with Steven Spielberg is that they make everything look so, so effortless that you don't even think it's impressive unless you're like actively looking. There are some like tracking shots that are just so intricate so gorgeously wrought that like it doesn't even register in your brain unless you're actively looking for it and they're just such a powerhouse team and it's kind of a shame that like it's become kind of passe to like say steven spielberg is cool um which i do feel like people are hesitant to say that nowadays which shouldn't be the case he's just so good okay i mean those are two different things though right like he might not be cool because he's 75 years old but he's the fucking goat right like you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's like a respect to his name that I don't think you get with, you know, 95% of the other directors that are working right now, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. you only really can maybe put him on level with like Martin Scorsese and PTA. Ooh. I like that. I like PTA. PTA's up there. I like PTA. That might be a stretch. <laughs> but 
I love PTA. Like, I think cinephiles love PTA, but like, does the mass populace love PTA? Like, they love Spielberg and Scorsese. You know what I mean? No, not at all. So I will say that I think Spielberg, to me, is someone that I respect. Like, when I see his name attached to anything, it just kind of like makes me perk up and I'm like, okay, I pay a little bit extra attention. I mean, we talked last week about Kimmy and, and, and uh, Soderbergh, right? And how you have that inclination where like, you might hear the premise, but you get more excited when you hear the name attached, right? And like Spielberg, mm-hmm. I think is one of those directors for me that like, yeah, I, I, I kind of perk up when I when I hear it. But I will actually admit, and this might be blasphemous to say that like, I'm not like, I don't usually love all of Spielberg's stuff. Like I like it. But like, he's not a director that is in my favorite directors list. Even though he has directed like one of my favorite movies of all time. Jurassic Park for me is like in the top 10 of all time movies um, that I've ever seen. So like, there is that there is that caveat, you know, he's always earned my respect. But things like the BFG, like I'm not going to see it just because it's Spielberg. That's not blasphemous at all. I feel like a lot of people feel that way about him. Okay. But I, I do think West Side Stories on a whole other level, this, this movie is just fantastic. I, I love it. Let's actually get into it, right? Do we need to do a synopsis of West Side Story? I don't know if we need to do a synopsis of West Side Story. Well, no. There might be some people out there who aren't like big West Side Story yeah. heads. All right. So, like, it's Romeo and Juliet in the, it's Romeo it's Romeo and Juliet. And Juliet yes. in the Upper West Side of New York in late 1950s, early 1960s. That's it. That's what it is. Uh, in the form of a two and a half hour musical, probably the biggest musical ever turned into a classic movie only three or four years later. I think the play is 57, the movie is 61. And then it has sat like kind of in the musical and film pantheon for the last 60 years until Spielberg uh, had the gumption to remake it. He probably had the idea probably almost 10 years ago now or more, right? Because I heard they started probably work more, yeah. on this in 14 or something like that. His first musical, by the way. In his career, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy. Like, a musical, it's its own kind of animal, I think, when it comes to, like, movies. And the fact that this is his first one and he does it so well. And that's why I say, like, the guy can just do anything. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like musicals, like, yes, it's, it's like a different mode of expression. But, like, a big popular blockbuster type piece of classic art is very much in his lane. Like, I don't know, it's not like, I don't know, fucking Titan or something, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest musical ever. And, like, he always has that pop appeal, right? I don't know, it, it doesn't seem completely out of his wheelhouse. I know what you're saying. I don't even like musicals, to be honest. <laughs> but I love, love, love this movie. And I'm sorry, I couldn't get through Tick, Tick, Boom. And I also couldn't get through In the Heights. In the Heights is a little rough. In the Heights looks like an old Navy commercial, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Oof. Tick, Tick, Boom is like, I'm sorry, man. That movie is just cringe. Really? I I think all the performances are just so cringe. I don't know. It's just trying so hard. Like, I don't know. It's just theater kid energy from that movie. A lot, a lot of it. (laughs) Um, But I don't get that from this movie at all. I don't know why. I feel like it would set off all my alarms, but it just didn't. Okay, this is where I want to get into, like, the difference between, like, this one and the 1961 version. I like the 1961 version more because it does give me that theater vibe more. Oh, okay. And and that's why probably it didn't set off your alarms because I think this is a little bit more muted when it comes to those kind of tendencies. Like I love 
that the 61 version, the costumes are a little bit more vibrant. Riff's jacket is like something I, I really like gravitated towards when I watched in 1961. Mm. But then like everyone's clothes, except for some of the, the stuff worn by like the sharks or uh, Anita's character, or Maria's character are like, they pop with color, but like you kind of lose that color with uh, uh, the jets, right? Which I found mm. like really came through in the uh, original. Like I know we're talking about the the cinematography and everything and like the way it's shot and like the technical aspects and i know a lot of twitter has been really going around sharing the dance scene at the gym mm-hmm. i've been seeing that a lot lately on twitter and yes that is like a technical feat the way it just transitions from like them walking through the hall and then flying over the crowd and like flying through the crowd and it's amazing but then i look at the 1961 version of that i love that it was like flooded with this vibrant red and like gave that scene a different energy more of like a theater kind of energy and like that's why yeah for sure i mean i i think the 1961 version is one of the most beautiful films ever shot it's so 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 good looking it's less cinematic than this obviously Mm -hmm. but i do want to point out like this 2021 version whoever did the grading the color grading on this did a fantastic job of like capturing that technicolor look I just don't think movies look like that anymore. And they really, really captured that, like, vintage color grading in this version of West Side Story. And I love the opening of this movie in, like, the rubble of San Juan Hill. Where the 1961 version, it just goes straight into the prologue, right? But this, you have, like, the camera that goes through, like, the rubble. All the jets come out from, like, where Lincoln Center is sprouting, and that's something that's just not present in the original 1961 version. And that, I think that's just a, a storytelling choice that, that adds depth to everything. So the depth adding is like a consistent theme with the remake. It's something they've done a lot. Yeah. The characters are all a little more three-dimensional. The, like, I don't know, fights are a little less ballet and a little more realistic. There's still weird musically dance fights but it's just a little yeah like it's taken down a touch and like those changes make it better in terms of like the depth but they do make it a little bit less i don't know iconic like the theater kidness of the 61 version kind of makes it i don't know separates it from reality and makes it more clearly like uh, uh, something where you can like leap over leaps in logic and like, like oh okay this is like a Shakespeare play and like just just accept that. Whereas like the little touches of realism in the 2021 version kind of backfire a little because then you just like start thinking about it as a real thing. I don't know if that any that makes sense. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I get it. Like I think I don't know maybe that's a white deck is liking that 61 version a little bit more too. It just kind of. It's easy in the 61 version for me to teach to you for granted. Like, yeah, they fall in love in, like, a day. He kills her brother, and, like, and, and like, it just, you just buy it all, and it just kind of all let it go in a hand wave, whereas in the new one. Like, the accelerated timeline is, like, of a piece with a stage musical, right? Rather than, like, a whole movie where, like, the added layers of the storytelling makes that feel a little more rushed. Yeah, and it, sh- yeah, it shows the seams, and it's it's, it's like... You know, like in a play, it's like there's a certain amount of like, hey, we're all pretending. We're pretending not to see the set. We're using our imaginations here, right? Whereas like in the movie, if you try to make it too realistic, then things stick out when they're not, right? It's like yeah. if you're doing a cartoony style and suddenly you start making a couple things realistic, it's like, oh, well, now it's kind of all clashing a little bit. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, Maria, you're really into this dude who you've known for one day, but just killed your fucking brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? For sure, for sure. I think Rachel Zegler's incredible, by the way. She's so good. She's so fucking good. She was like 18 when this was shot or something, so that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Dude, everyone acts and sings circles around Ansel Elgort. I'm sorry. He's definitely the weak link. He's not awful, though. Like, He's not awful. awful. No, he's not awful. But everyone else is just so much better. Okay, but he's the weakest in a strong cast. Not like you go, oh, this guy can't sing, can't dance. Right, 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 right. There's just a little something missing. Like, he's he's tall, good-looking, athletic. He's able to scale those, like, I don't know if it's doubled or whatever, but he's able to scale those, uh, the ramparts in a castle, the fucking balconies or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, <laughs> of those buildings in the Upper West Side. Like, he he dances, he sings, he, he like, he's, he's good. He's just not as good as everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, but I, I don't want to turn it into, like, he was bad. I just think he wasn't No, as I don't good. think he's bad. I, I, yeah. Like, I think he just gets yeah, blown yeah, no, off. No, the no sc- he's not bad. He's not bad. It's really, I think, more what Derek is saying. Anita and Maria just blow him off the screen, right? Ariana DeBose is so great, too. Mike Feist, too. But the thing is, I will say, you know, before going into this movie, like, he's the only person I recognized from the cast, really. And, like, I knew that he could sing. I knew that he could dance. Like, I know that's his background. So I was like, oh, okay. I was expecting him to be good. And I don't know. He borderlines on bad for me. Ooh. Like, I think he's very (laughs) stiff and, like, he just isn't likable. Like, he should kind of be likable just a little bit. What I got from the 61 version is that he's very hopeful also, but, like, I also don't get that from this character. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, I I did not like him in this movie. Uh, I'll just say that. The 61 version is more likable, I agree. Is that, like, tainted by, like, knowing about Ansel Elgort, or is that just purely the performance? It could be. I don't think so. I'm pretty good at, like, separating art from artists, you know? Like, I'll still watch, like, Kevin Spacey movies. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, support his career or anything, but, Mm -hmm. like, the performances that I love from him, I still love those performances, even though he's, like, a piece of shit human being, you know? I think I can judge without bias like a performance and and he definitely is the weak link in this movie right right? that's fair Uh, even just taking him and his performance by itself not taking into account you know all the allegations around him and all right so polanski spacey night at jeff's house (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that's fair i mean I, i i'm not like making like a revisionist argument that he was like the best in the cast or something. He's not. He's definitely worse than the 61 version. For me, he wasn't bad. But I can see what you're talking about about Stiff. I see what you're talking about. I can see why someone could have yeah. totally hated his performance. I didn't. I thought it was, it was it was it was just fine. So, do you guys think this remake was necessary or no? I look at it as I really enjoyed it. I still think it's a great movie and it made me go back and watch the musical that I've never seen. So like I think it succeeded in a way that maybe it it validates it for being, you know, existing now. Mm -hmm. But then you also have to always ask yourself, like, what's the reason for making it, right? Like, why do you need to remake a classic? So, yeah, I agree. I don't know if necessary is a weird word, but... It is a weird word. I mean, I, I loaded it that way on purpose. Maybe not necessary, but, like, all your fears about them doing it should be allayed by watching it. Like, yes. they pull it off about yeah. as well as you can. So, mm-hmm. if you yeah. still don't like it, that's kind of on you. You're just, like, against remakes, maybe. But, like, as, as far as, like, 
I, I think if you like the original, your hopes for this should have been pretty fulfilled, I think. I still don't know about necessary, like the world would have gone on. But I don't know, maybe it'll introduce a new generation to it? I mean, I don't think anyone went and saw it, so probably not. But, I know, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a big ask, I think. When I went to the premiere, I really thought that the word of mouth was going to carry this, because mm. um, I went with my mom, actually. Um, I, I got like an extra pass for the press premiere. And the energy after this movie was just like electric. Everyone was talking about the movie like in the lobby. Everyone was just so, so, so happy with this. I really thought that this was going to like do numbers at the box office and people were really going to talk about it, but it actually never happened, which is, which is really kind of disappointing. But talking about necessary, like in my review, I called this movie like it's like a poison chalice, right? It's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, but like Spielberg not only pulled it off, he fucking killed it, I think. Which is something that not a lot of people were expecting, I think. Spielberg and success, who could have thought? And I think that it was the right choice to zig when he kind of zags at certain points, right? Where he rearranges the music. The order of the music is different. He takes like a song from the end and kind of creates a whole new scene. In the middle right, with right, the right. with cool. So uh, yeah, some cool. of this some of it is is generally new and some of it is just going back to the nineteen fifty-seven actual musical, right? Because like I see them back right. to back, I noticed the changes a lot, and I was like, wait, why is cool here? What happened to I feel so pretty, right? But these are actually just going back to um the way the musical was initially. So I think like oh, initially in the, okay. Yeah, so I think initially in the musical, I feel pretty it opens up the second act in the musical and in the 2021 movie. And it's like this very ironic, like, last, you know, bit of happiness for her. Because at this point, her Mm -hmm. lover has already killed her brother, right? But in the 61, it's in the first half, and it's kind of played straight. And she's, like, looking forward to this love affair, and, like, the tragedy hasn't struck yet. Mm -hmm. And it's two very different, like, like, the placement is, like, super, super different for those yeah, like, the readings on that are completely different, right? Yeah. And Cool's moved around as well, too, right? In the 61 movie, it's after the conflict, and it's, like, about staying cool if you're interrogated yeah. by the cops. But in the remake version, and I think also in the um, in the 57 musical, I have to check, it's earlier on, like, before the, uh, before the fight. No, that's right. That sounds right. Some of the things that you think are, like, new changes actually are just in line with the original, Based on, yeah, okay. the original musical in 57, yeah. Which I think is interesting. It, it makes for very different experiences. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool that he's going back to the root of, you know, the story, right? It was a musical before it was a, a movie, right? Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Another change that I really liked was casting Rita Moreno in the doc role. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yes. A, a huge, huge plus. That's such a meaningful thing to do. Yeah. So she was Anita in the 61 movie, right? And then now she mm-hmm. comes back to be Doc in the, well, the Doc's um, widow. Fulfilling that Doc role. She's, yeah, in, she's in Doc's in widow movie. in the new one. And they were like, I guess, yeah, like a pioneering right. interracial couple in, in Manhattan in that time or something, which is like a very interesting backstory. Like, again, this is those little touches that make things a lot more three-dimensional in this version. Yeah. And, of course, Rita Moreno, like a legend, right? She's like one of only 12 or 16 people to ever have an EGOT, right? So she's yeah. just like... A legend. She's like ninety. Did you know that? I had no idea she was. Yeah, she looks good. She looks great. Yeah. 
Still spry. Yeah. Like I mean, that's <laughs> really impressive. Her and uh, fucking Clint Eastwood, man. Oh, um, <laughs> Clint looks kind of like a zombie, but whatever. He's still out there. He's still doing it. Yeah. And when this movie came out, like, Stephen Sondheim had just died. Yeah. Right? He had just passed away. And I felt like this was such a great tribute to him. You know, like, all his lyrics and, and the music is just, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that timing is just, there's that added layer of uh, specialness to this movie with his passing. They try and do a lot of these little changes with this, with the, with the new one. Um, you know, like, they put racing class right up front. Using actual, not even Puerto Rican, right? Like, yeah, but using actual Latin actors for the for the sharks. Yeah, Latin Using Spanish uh, speakers and like leaving a lot of the dialogue and the songs untranslated, which at first mm-hmm. I hated, but I like got used to it. Oh, I like that. I, I immediately like that. Yeah, no, I hated I it at first, that. but then I realized, like, oh, okay, this actually, like, it, it does actually really work. But it took some time to grow on me because the dialogue and the lyrics that are in Spanish. Most of the time, someone just yeah, like you can get it in the, in English, yeah. You can like, either right get it in the afterwards. context yeah. or they repeat it. Because at first, I was like, "Oh, this is just like an ostentatious choice being made, like at the expense of clarity." But like, definitely not. Um, it's definitely yeah, it definitely yeah. really works. I mean, it adds again another touch. Oh, I'm glad you came around. Another on touch that, of versatility. Like yeah. yeah, dude. Like in the course of watching the movie, I felt my opinion change on it. I was like, at first, I kind of didn't like this. I thought it was like it felt like a stunt at first. I was like, "Oh, they're doing like stunt shit." Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. no, like they commit to it, and it, it ends up it's really good. It's really, really yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, like, the constant reminders, hey, like, let's speak in English. We're here in America. Like, from Anita to Bernardo and stuff. Like, all of it, it like, it really works. It makes it feel like a living. Like, yeah. again, again, the real, the realism. The touch of realism. Yeah, that, that was one thing I really admired when I first saw the movie. And then to then see the original and realize, like, oh, that's, like, a change that he made. Like, I appreciate it even more. Another change that I actually really liked was the change in the Chino character. Mm-hmm. And him being, like, not actually a member of the gang and him being this friend that, you know, is in college studying and whatnot. And, like, for him to be this character, the foil to Tony, right? Like, Tony himself is, like, trying to be this outsider that doesn't want to be part of this conflict. And how how at the end, like, both of them, because their best friends died, like, get pulled into this conflict, right? And it kind of still makes sense why Chino's the one at the end to take that shot. Uh, on Tony. Like, I appreciated that change a lot, actually. I gotta ask you guys, what did you think about the accents for the Latin actors that, that they chose to use? I think a lot of critics were offended by the thick accents that all the actors used. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about that. Not every Puerto Rican sounds like that mm. who lives in New York, you know? <laughs> but they kind of gave everyone that, that thick Puerto Rican accent. I don't speak Spanish. Uh, I'm not yeah, Puerto Rican, yeah, yeah. so like I can't, I don't have like any standing to like, like as far as knowing anything about any of this to talk about it. So like take obviously with a grain of salt didn't bother mm-hmm. me. Yeah, uh-huh. either I, I just didn't notice like because like, I don't know, I just am not in tune with that kind of stuff or it is. A movie adaptation of a musical about the end of the 1950s, like some kind of unrealistic, at least to me, it felt like they were trying to make those characters three dimensional, that it didn't stick out to me, like the way, like, I don't know, the brown face in the 61 version did. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, sure. maybe. <laughs> I was just gonna say, maybe, right, maybe yeah. if you're enjoying this movie and watching along, maybe that accent's like a thumb in your eye if, if you, if you're sensitive to these kind of things. I just didn't pick up on that at all as a potential pain point. For sure. Did it bother either of you guys? No. Not me. It, it didn't bother me. But I will say that none of us are Latinx descent or Puerto Rican. So, like, 
if that person does have that gripe with this movie, like that's they're completely incorrect. valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obviously not. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're completely valid for their argument. And like, that's something that I wouldn't have thought about it unless someone, I guess, like, you know, Jeff brought it up, pointed it out. But at the same time, like, I'm like, Amir, it doesn't bother me. But like, I also, like, me saying that, I have no weight in this issue, right? Don't listen to me. You, you know, know what it reminds me of, actually? It reminds me of what you talked about with licorice pizza. Mm. Mm. With the, the Asian race, with the, the Japanese, Japanese jokes, Japanese jokes yeah. and Asian. Yeah. accent where like it clearly bother you and bother a lot of people and then like yeah but that's like a white guy doing that accent versus like these for are for sure for sure yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah i just meant like in terms of the like it didn't bother me but if it bothered you like i get it and yeah i okay, can't yeah, and yeah, i yeah. can't defend it like i can't defend it against it like what am i gonna say like i don't have any you know like i don't have any stake to say no like yeah okay it's offensive fair enough i don't make that call I can only say I wasn't offended. I can't say you shouldn't be offended that you're wrong for that. So Absolutely. absolutely. I don't know. I feel the same way. I just feel like when you're crafting those accents, like in the production of the movie, I feel like that's kind of weird, right? Like, especially if someone who doesn't have an accent, like, say, like, Rachel Zegler, and she says a line, and then I just picture, like, Steven Spielberg, like, you don't sound Puerto Rican enough or something, you know, like. <laughs> oh, shit. It's like, you gotta put a little something on it, right? I feel like that's weird. In the final product, you don't think about it. But, like, if you think about them, like, creating yeah, it, it it's feels a, a yeah, little it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's an intentional choice, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about it that way, it, it becomes a little yeah, weird. cancel Steven Spielberg. Um, he should have just, you know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Changing gears a little bit. Uh, favorite song. Yes, I wanted to ask this question, too. Okay. I think they're different for me between 61 and 21. Okay. That makes sense. I think I like Maria in 61. I think that actually edges it for me. Mm -hmm. But I don't like the... Yeah, I like Maria in 61. I don't don't really like like the new one. Maria in 21, mostly because of Ansel Elgort. He's just a little stiff there. Yeah. I don't feel the the emotion like I do in in, in sixty one. So I think I think it's the sixty one Maria, and then maybe in the new one, ah, that's tough. Like I, I will say, in the new one, I really like America. America, really yeah, like, America's good. America's good. I really like Cool in the new one. Yes, the new Cool is better than the old one, but I, don't, I still don't know if it's my favorite. Maybe you know what song I like in both versions? Actually, I like G Officer Krupke. <laughs> oh, I think. G Officer Krupke's a little cringe in the sixty-one version, mm. but I really like I it. I love in the it in both. Version. They're just like you clowning around okay. and just like having fun, just yeah, making yeah, fun yeah. of this guy and like I I, I really like that. That gets song. like a little too theater kid for me a little bit. Oh, I mm-hmm. love it. And I feel that way more in the sixty-one version than I knew in the twenty-one. But but I, I like it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um what about you guys? What are your favorite songs? I love the Tonight Quintet. You know, the reprise when, like... So, I, at first, was like, ugh, like, I don't know, tonight again, and then now I just can't get out of my head. So, I, I totally know, <laughs> I, know, I right? totally know where you're at with that. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of get chills when, like, you know, like, the reprise comes on, you know? I, I really, really do like that one. That's a, a part where the uh, the cinematography is also, too, like, the intercutting of Maria on the, yeah. on the street and the gangs going the other direction. And then like, the, yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. W- what a crescendo. I love yeah, that. It's, it's real good. What about you, Derek? 
I, I like America. I like cool. I mean, I agree with you guys. I like Tonight, Maria. Is, I feel pretty not an all-timer. Like, how's that not on anybody's list? I feel like that's a banger. No? It is a banger. It's definitely a banger. It's just just not a, not a favorite. I don't know. I just like a lot of other things more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I do like I Feel Pretty. Yeah, I think I like Tonight in both versions. I, I mean, just in general, like, I think I hadn't really seen West Side Story until... 2021 right when i watched spielberg version i didn't really get it until i listened to the music and i was like the the music in west side story is just so good Mm -hmm. just all of it i I actually really really love but what i was going to say is that like i mean tying into the music is that i actually like how the 61 approaches the the meeting of tony and maria the first time they see each other more in the 61 version than the uh, 2021 version. I thought it was more realistic that they would like be able to sneak away behind some bleachers and be like alone and have their first encounter. But I actually really do love the 61 version where they like it looks like they're actually like meeting in the, the center of the dance and like everybody else just disappears except for like there's a couple background dancers. Yeah. Like you feel like they're still in the middle of the dance floor, but they're absolutely alone. I found it shocking that he made that big of a change i think they both have their merits i like both versions of that Mm -hmm. uh like you said i i do like how everything else falls away in in the 61 version but that's also like the introduction to that is the big crane shot right yeah through the dance hall Mm -hmm. and the hallways and stuff and and that's just like so technically impressive that you can't discount that Mm -hmm. and i do love the shot where tony sees maria for the first time through like the spinning dancers and everything is, is, a, is a great shot. I was gonna say another shot that I love is like it's all over the posters and the and the trailers and everything, but the rumble where the two gangs mm-hmm. meet and like the shadows, shadows over, across yep. the floor. That's that's fucking incredible too. Beautiful movie. This movie just looks so fucking good. That's like one scene that I love in both movies. Like I love mm-hmm. in the sixty one version the kind of conviction to keep it like more dance oriented where I think by the time they actually like fight fight in the 2021, it like completely drops the like dance aspect, right? It becomes like a real fight and like mm-hmm. it really immerses you in like the danger versus where like the 61 never really did. Like it still felt really like floaty and almost putting on like a ballet, but I mm-hmm. think they both have merits and I both like those scenes in those movies. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Nothing important that we haven't covered. I think we nailed it, yeah. guys. By the time you hear this recording, by the time this episode is out, you will be able to see this movie on HBO Max, HBO Max and Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So uh, it's coming to both. So Oh, really? Yeah, it's coming to both. I mean, I guess the last thing I would say is this, this is definitely a recommend for me. Like, I know like not enough people yeah. watched in theaters. And I think if you have any interest in seeing this, you should. It's It's great. All right. Well, if... There's nothing else. I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me canceling Steven Spielberg. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that, Amir. (laughs) I know. For an encore, I will kill God. (laughs) What about you, Derek? Uh, You can find me at The World's OKest Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe where you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. 
If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcasts out to more people. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on West Side Story, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like reading out the emails on the pod. If you have anything, shoot us that email. And we will see you guys next week for The Batman. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) See you guys then.